I'm Maria. And I'm Roisin. And welcome to the Fitness Fertility Podcast. This podcast is all about how improving your physical fitness can help support you on your very own fertility journey. I'm a personal trainer who specializes in training women with fertility problems. I myself have PCOS and have had two beautiful boys. I'm on a mission to help you do the same. Before we get into it, we will be discussing adult themes such as where do babies come from, pregnancy loss and bereavement. We may also be sweary from time to time. We are optimistic, lighthearted girls, but we know this is a really stressful time for some of our listeners. We respect that. Maria, when did you realise you might have a problem with your fertility? Probably from my teenage years. The first indicator being really quite bad skin, which, as many doctors do, um, I was given the pill for. So I was given the pill from about the age of, I can't remember exactly, but maybe 14, 15, um, just to try and balance the hormones. The idea being if you balance the hormones, you balance the acne. The acne must have been pretty bad. It was bad. What is it with PCOS that affects the skin? Is it too much estrogen, too little estrogen? Is there a hormone particularly that's involved in or it's just they don't know and they just give the pill just to balance it out? Yeah. So the pill, what the pill does is it just tries to regulate all of your hormones to try and make them more balanced, but obviously also to stop you actually getting pregnant. So a lot of the time they will just give you the pill to try and stop the extremes. Little did I know, obviously, the pill can then have long-term effects on things like fertility um, because it can take a while for your hormones to regulate when you come off the pill. Also masks fertility issues. Yes. So the thing with the pill is it doesn't fix the problems. It doesn't fix the origins of the problems. It's yeah. a mask. So that's the thing. So you go on the pill when you're 15, you have bad skin, you your skin clears up hopefully which is a good thing and then you know the classic you meet someone you perhaps get married you perhaps decide you want to have a child so you come off the pill then you've been on the pill for maybe 10 maybe 15 years sure so it takes it can take a really long time for your hormones to go back to normal um so you've got to kind of get the pill out your system and then a year later you've been trying and uh, still no baby you're then in a situation where you're like we've missed time that we could being a bit more strategic. Yeah. When you're kind of early 30s, you know, 20s, early 30s, the, the rule on the NHS is uh, you have to have been trying for a year. And at that point, they will then start uh, kind of referring you for, you know, to a gynecologist. And But you have to have been going for a year. When you're older, it's six months. The clock is ticking. Yeah, you've got less time to play with. Mm -hmm. So what happened when you came off the pill? Did you get well, a regular period? <laughs> Did it come back at all? Okay, so... I come off the pill, not a lot happens, you know, just going about my business, booking my holidays. Which you used to book a lot. Yeah. So where were you going off to this time? Right, so on this one particular holiday, myself and husband Dave, we loved exploring, no children at this point, you know, living the dream. So we went to Croatia. It was really good, really, really, really good. We basically just bust all the way down to Croatia, had a fabulous time. Still no periods, no nothing, not really thinking anything about it. And then the glorious day came and it was time to um, get on another bus from Dubrovnik and get the bus through to Bosnia and end up in Sarajevo, which I can't remember exactly how long it was. It was maybe an eight hour journey. This is the time. This is the time. For so. the ovaries to fire oh, absolutely. up. So you get this ma magical mystery mm. period. <laughs> Just from year nowhere. Just out of nowhere. When did you realise that you had to go and talk to your GP? After about a year, I went to the GP. Nothing is happening. You know, nothing is regular. The ovaries are doing whatever they want, whenever they want, at inopportune moments. How did you find the 
the service when you you arrive there? To be honest, it could probably be another a whole other episode. Um, I think it was difficult in that a lot of GPs don't always take it very seriously. Some do, and I would like to say some are absolutely fantastic. Um, I've got a lot of friends who are GPs, and I know they would be fantastic with this. The first GP I saw, I have to be honest, I can't even remember who they were now. They were not fantastic, and they did give me quite a lot of misleading information about uh, Clomid, which was the Clomiphene, which was the drug I was given. Then when I went back for the second time, I was a lot more aware of what had to happen. So this is where the self-advocating comes in. I've done a lot more research. I've done my homework. I was a lot more stubborn. Even just finding out about things like, um, which came later, like Provera, which we can talk about, but that's medication that you quite often need to take if you don't ovulate. So yeah, it, it was good. Some were fantastic. Some weren't so good. So yeah, you have to get decent information and stay away from the uh, websites that are perhaps not the most reliable source. Yeah, and I'm sure over the next couple of episodes, yeah. We will nail down yeah. what to ask your GP. Yeah. We can have a whole episode. We can have a whole yeah. thing on that. We will give you a checklist of first GP appointment. This is what you need. We will do that. It's really important. Really, really important. So they give you Clomid. Well, eventually. So what was the, the holdup? This was one of the things that I didn't understand before I went in. So for anyone listening, if you're just starting on your journey, you don't just go to the doctor. It's not like paracetamol. You don't just go to the doctor and they go, ah, oh, here you go, love, have some Clomid or Letrozole as they might give you now. They don't just say, here are the fertility meds. You have to have a number of tests done, which does make sense before you get the fertility meds. So for example, they need to check that your fallopian tubes aren't blocked. Because if your fallopian tubes are blocked, it doesn't matter if you ovulate, you know, it's not going to go anywhere anyway. So what I didn't realise was you have to go for a number of different tests. They have to do scans. You will come to get to know WANDA. Now, anyone that's at the start of this journey may not be aware, but WANDA is the internal examination uh, probe, shall we say. Oh, that's uh, which yes. Sounds wonderful. Sounds wonderful. Wonderful WANDA. And yeah, it's the WANDA that is used in an internal exam. So they need to confirm if you've got PCOS. You then have a high cosy, which again... Uh, we can talk about in another episode, which is where they check that your tubes are not blocked. We can talk about this later, but I, I find that quite uncomfortable. But I think that's just because I wasn't prepared for it. Sure. And to be honest with you, I just was not ready. I did not have the information I needed before um, that test. It probably it did take a number of months only because it takes six weeks for this appointment. Then you have to wait three weeks for the result. And this is no way a criticism of the NHS. I am so grateful for the NHS. It's just that it does take a long time. That's all. Um, so it probably did, I can't actually remember, but maybe nine months. But sure. obviously that will depend on where you live, you know, yeah. the, the postcode that you're in. I remember how excited you were when yeah, you got the club. Yeah, big like, day. I remember your schedule. Yeah. We were talking about it. <laughs> At the time where it was like, I've got COVID, I've got X amount, <laughs> I need to get a holiday in. Which is absolutely true. Hey, listen, holidays are important. You really were disciplined. Yeah. And if you had to drag the entire NHS machine by oh, yeah. you, it was going to happen. Was... This is obviously an incredibly stressful experience to, one, find out that you, you now have legitimate fertility issues. You've gone through a battery of quite painful tests. You still have a day job. You still have a life. During the time when all this is going on, is that when fitness really started coming in? Or, yeah. or Because it seemed to me that was, was your outlet. With fertility issues, I didn't want to lose any opportunities that I could take to try and have a baby, basically. So for me, I wanted to tick all the boxes. I wanted to do everything that I could possibly do. If then this still didn't work, then I would feel like I did my best. Sure. And so for me, I'd always loved fitness. Um, I was active at the time, you know, doing the karate, I was running, I was doing the gym, doing whatever. So for me, 
I started looking into the fitness and the fertility side of things um, and just kind of went from there. So I learned about, you know, body fat and BMI and appropriate types of training and whether HIIT training is good for you. And I just kind of went to town on that, really. I looked at my diet. So, you know, I looked at the refined sugar and all of those types of things. And so, yeah, instead of just doing exercise kind of randomly, I did a much more kind of structured approach to the entire thing with fertility in mind. Did you have a BMI that you had to hit or were you okay? That's, again, a really good question. So when I first went to university, I put on about two stone, I think, in my first year of university. Now, obviously, this was maybe 10 years or so after university. So my BMI was probably at this slightly higher end. Um, for the NHS, you have to have a BMI of 34 fertility treatment. That I mean, they're more specific, I think, when it comes to things like IVF. But they prefer your, some clinics will not give you fertility treatment if you are, if you have a BMI of higher than 30. So mine was probably at the higher end. So I did need to uh, look at my kind of nutrition and exercise in order to get it into that nice, healthy range. And then you got pregnant. And then I got pregnant. Hooray! Hey! Yeah! Hey! Yeah! It must be this so lovely having a positive pregnancy test. I'm just remembering it now. Yeah. But yeah, it was amazing when you first get the test because you've been through so much. You've had so many tests. You know, the high cozy, you've been working on your BMI, you know, cutting out sugar. It's like a full-time job, job on top of a full-time job. You feel like it's finally your turn. And if you look on social media, a lot of people, the thing they post is, when is it my turn? And so when it actually happens to you, it feels like you've won a lottery. Although that is only the first step. The, the, the positive pregnancy test is the first step, which again, we can talk about later. But yeah, it feels like you've won the lottery. Yeah, I yeah, can imagine. Amazing. The one time you really want to open the champagne, you can't because you've just gotten yourself a pre <laughs> positive pregnancy test. Uh, yeah. And then you had JJ, blonde. Yeah. He's gorgeous. Bubble of a baby. Yeah. Really fab. chilled baby. Yeah. He's fab. Yeah, and then amazing. we tried again. Oh, oh, oh. Oh. I mean, to be fair, even that's a big decision. I wasn't suddenly cured of PCOS. That doesn't happen. So it's not like I could suddenly just go and have all the babies. That's, sure. that's not a thing. So then you're into basically secondary infertility, which is a whole other area. Because the main thing that happens with secondary infertility is so you have your first child, but you are still essentially infertile. Um, but it's, it doesn't seem to be taken seriously uh, because, you know, the main thing that people say is, yeah, but you've got your baby. So at, sure. least you've, at least you've got one. Yeah. So everything in fertility. So things not to say. Don't ever <laughs> say anything that starts with at least. Okay. Just don't say that. That's not a thing. Do not say at least. Do not say at least you've got a baby. Like, yeah, I have one baby. I know how awesome they are. So now I want another one even more. Yeah. So the fact that I now can't have one. It's not, it's not like it's even worse, but it's, it's bad in its own way. I'm much better this time, much more confident, self-advocating, know about all the meds, know about all the tests. Yeah, eventually we do get pregnant, which again is joyful and happy. I'm a little bit older this time and you have a little bit less time to think about it because obviously, you know, we've got baby number one, so things are a lot busier. But again, to cut a long story short, basically this time the pregnancy didn't, um, didn't work out. So again, we can do another episode on this maybe later sure. Um, where we can talk about, uh, you know, miscarriage and loss and that type of thing. So yeah, we can come back to that. Um, so then obviously you've got the decision through the trauma and the grief of all of that. Do you have another go? Because now you know how bad it is to lose a pregnancy. 
And then eventually your body's got to recover and you've got to be ready to try again. So we did try again. Um, and again, we're now lucky enough to have our second gorgeous boy called Luca. I'm not entirely sure if Dave had anything to do with production. <laughs> it doesn't look like it. Why did you want to create fitness fertility? Did it start with, I just want to be a PT? Or did it start with, uh, I want to do something specifically for women that have fertility issues? Yeah, it was more than just wanting to be a PT. I genuinely believe that the fitness that I kind of implemented really helped us grow our family. I know it was the climate as well, but I, for me, genuinely believe that maintaining the BMI, the eating well, doing the right type of training, not too much, not too little, I think that helped massively. If I came to you, what could I expect? I think there's like a, a two-pronged answer to this. The first one is I have actually been through this fertility journey myself. And I have had conversations uh, when we have our weekly check-ins with clients. And we talk a little bit about the exercise, but we're talking about ovusense. We're talking about, you know, ovulation predictors. We're talking about the two-week wait. Everything that I design in the workout is based around fertility. It isn't just... We need you to lose 10 kilos in 10 weeks because sure. actually that's really problematic for fertility, which again, we will do another episode on. So everything I do, every workout has fertility in mind. Um, so every workout has fertility supporting exercises. Every workout is designed to be a level of intensity that isn't too much, but isn't too little, but like three bears porridge. And this is something that only someone who knows about fertility would be able to do. And I believe you've had some good news this way. We have had um, a pregnancy announcement, which is from one of my clients, uh, and obviously for confidential reasons, I'm not naming any names, but yeah, it is just the most amazing thing. One of your fitties. Really, one of my fitties is now pregnant. Is now pregnant. Which is the best news ever. Yeah. It's really cool. So fingers crossed. But yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. So you're going to have to order our exercise. Well, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. But because I've done the pre and postnatal as well, then that's okay. So I have the knowledge. So we're good. But yeah, best news ever. Best news ever. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening to this week's show. Remember to subscribe to get a shiny new episode each week. And please rate, comment and really importantly share with your friends, especially our trying to conceive sisters. You never know who's struggling and may need that little bit of extra help. This may come as a surprise, but we are not doctors. We strongly recommend that you consult with your doctor before beginning any exercise or nutrition program. Get everything checked out first. Your safety is our priority. This has been a Worth a Listen production. <laughs>